0: This is the Outrage Machine. To stop, and conversation is the first step. Welcome to Mind Wave. Uh, we are. Picking up the Outrage Machine thread again and digging back into that, uh, the loose theme for today's episode is postmodernism. But really fundamentally, the the thing that needed to be checked off the list was like, I have two people that need to get in a room with each other and introduce themselves to each other and uh, get to know each other because they're like some of my two favorite people. Uh, in this domain, so returning guest, uh, from Outrage Machine One, who helped us kick off the series, Rio Verdonier. Welcome back.
1: Hey, man, thanks for having me on again. It's
0: delicious, I love it. And who else, who else (laughs) could I get but Boon Hem to come make this magic happen? So, Boon, hi,
2: (laughs) hola. Is that culture <laughs> appropriation? Because I'm Asian.
0: <laughs> uh, dang. That's great. So we have uh, a, a a tall order. A tall order. I'm sure there's going to be a million rabbit holes. But I just like, again, the main thing that I wanted to happen was just like for you guys to introduce yourselves to each other and get to know each other. Because I, I think that's like, it's magic. It's gold. So uh, I guess do that.
2: <laughs> Is it ladies first? Is it this or it's? Uh, oh, I,
0: I don't know. We don't want or to exact our, our male You're privilege, <laughs> you know?
2: So, Rio, uh, I am the host of the Far Out Wisdom podcast. Um, I am a frequent uh, visitor to the Mindwave, Wave, and I pretty much started on the outrage machine where we talk about liber- the rise and fall of liberalism. And uh, a little bit of background information about myself is that. Uh, uh, my dad was a, a Khmer Rouge. Um, so yesterday was the 45th anniversary where the communists, Cambodian communists took over the country. Um, and the, and for, like five, for four years, um, they practically destroyed the culture. Um, and my father was a part of it. And it led me to kind of in a crossroad between the right and the left political spectrum and um, I have always called myself a liberal in the, the f- philosophical sense because that was a more of a way where I can have the right and the left. Um, uh, right and left kind of in between because I see kind of both side. Um, <clears throat> and that's and I'm also in the process of working on my own little mini documentary called Inside the Mind of Pol Pot. Um, I'm a little bummed out because the project didn't, go as planned because Nate there who was a journalist who was the last person who saw Pol Pot died, um, is not he's he's dying. So I can't and him and I got you know into like a little argument, a little disagreement. So I have to kind of work that in because I'm I'm just I want to know more like a closure um to understand why did he uh commit the atrocity that he did to his own Cambodian people. So that's my end. And my podcast of exploring the human psychological and philosophical aspect or dimension of it to for a little closing piece in my end. So,
1: oh, n- nice to meet you, Boone. I've heard a lot <laughs> about you from Jen, uh, Jenner. Um, what do you mean by your father was involved in the Khmer Rouge? Like he was he, actually on yeah. the side of the Khmer Rouge, or he mm-hmm. was wow? So,
2: <clears throat> so with the, the Khmer Rouge, what happened was. Um, it it started off just like every typical revolution you know pol pot and the gang of four like their wives and stuff like that his top people they you know were educated they were the most educated uh communists in comparison to like Mao Zedong and Che Guevara and stuff like that so um they went to France got educated came back brought the philosophy and kind of to overthrow the Boragi basically and like everything else. And I think the, it it went wrong. And so my dad was a part of that, part of that. And of course, you know, you know, you want the revolution. You, you were taught about, you know, the Boragi, the rich, the capitalists, they're evil, the new class. Um, And nobody know know that know this, but uh, the Khmer Rouge were also racist. They were trying to cleanse the blood of the Cambodian people, of the Chinese, the Vietnamese, the Laos. And so uh, my dad was part of the soldier. And this is where I was supposed to uh, interview Nate there to, to try to get much information about the background of the Rouge because there was different branches Of it, and I want to know where my dad was. Where was he? You know, stationed. Was he stationed at the 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 notorious S twenty one prison? Was he just a regular soldier? Did he? But my mom and dad, when they fled Cambodia, they kind of kept that. So a lot of the young generation doesn't know about uh, what happened in Cambodia because nobody wants to talk about it. Um, So Nate, there was supposed to be like a closure for for me, but. my dad's not talking my mom's not talking but all i know is that he did fought side by side with pol pot in the fourth yeah
1: well a lot of people didn't have any choice it was you're either with us you're Mm -hmm. against us too so who i mean if your dad's not telling you why he did it Mm -hmm. let's not assume it was because he was a dyed in the wool communist from the beginning who knows why it was Mm -hmm. like you know fight with us or we're going to imprison you and torture you and kill you so right charming i i i personally think you said it went wrong Mm -hmm. yeah it went wrong when they started with the Marxism. That's when it went wrong. And then everything else was predictable from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so it it it's so <clears throat> it's so complicated. So um after doing a lot of more research, of course, everybody starts hating Pol Pot. And I'm not I'm not gonna make the argument that, you know, I hate him because he and I share like what we we Cambodians say, we share the same bloodline. We're brothers and sisters. And so I try to get much information as I can. And it's so what happened in Cambodia was so messed up. It was so disgusting. It just went so wrong, and it turns out that you know it was just a a, a bad case of just it it is just so I I don't even know where to begin. And this bad where, ideas yeah. being allowed to spread
0: yeah. unchallenged. It the, the thing was a lack of podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> it was the lack of intellectual dark web people. Yeah, this
2: is where this is where I, we're going to go. Bad ideas in. need yeah. to be
0: challenged, people. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it, was a, it was a lot of anger, you know, a lot of anger from, uh, you know, from the Indo-Indochina War, the first one, and then the second one, and then the Americans came in, and then that's when it went kind of sour. So uh, the Marxist does have the the dominant narrative at the moment, um where they say, well, it's because of the Americans where they bomb Cambodia, the border between Vietnam and Cambodia, um, but they. The information that's missing is because of King Saenuk. He didn't. He lied to the USA that they did not carry um, medical or like you know supplies uh, to the Vietnamese, the Viet during that period of time. So that it's being left out. So um, the people who are writing books and um, they're the one that you know if you look it up, uh, Noam Chomsky is the one that's dominate in that area as well. And then so it's hard for me to kind of come in because I'm just like a regular person um but i am cambodian so you you guys don't even know how much people reject my ideas you know my research and stuff like that of the situation uh because the fact that oh you're not you're not a scholar or anything like that no you're not a scholar so it, it's it's okay but it's like my right as a cambodian person about the about my dad and my family i mean i have both sides, you know the khmer Rouge executed my grandfather because he was lost so it was, was racist was xenophobic, but nobody wants to talk about it. And like I said, Noam Chomsky, his narrative do dominate um, that as well. well. So I'm trying to yeah, break that. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. the, the the Marxists always argue that, um, well, the reason it failed is because, you know, the capitalists wouldn't let us succeed. Usually yeah. the capitalists not letting them succeed means we win. Like we, we're, we're better at winning. <laughs> we, yeah. Like yeah. our militaries are stronger because our economies are stronger and we don't let them trade with us. I mean, um and and they say, "Well, if you had let us trade." Yeah, so in other words, if if you had done what China did and became became, you know, a an authoritarian capitalist country under a a Chinese or under a, a communist regime, that uh, you know that would work a little better. Like so, it's, it's, it's very it's very circular for them to say like, well, communism would 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 succeed if the capitalists would just trade with us. Like seriously, <laughs> yes, right? Mm-hmm. And and, and did America did America force them to kill their own citizens in a huge class warfare and kill everybody who you know was part of the bourgeoisie? I don't know that that came from within. It's also really remarkable to think about the fact that, as you said, that was imported from a- academia in Europe. You've got all these continental philosophers. We can segue into our conversation about postmodernism here, mm-hmm. but you've got all these continental philosophers spouting out these ideas with roots in Marxism and critical theory and the Frankfurt school and all that. And they're just using them because they want to have a kind of anti system, anti system systematized way of talking about cultural issues and, and the ivory tower. And then here it gets imported and put into effect literally and destroys a country. Mm-hmm. And it's, it took but you don't our, see like the people, no. the, all the, the academics that they were copying aren't even calling for revolution in their own countries because the people who are espousing these ideas know as well as anybody else that they really don't work.
2: <laughs> right. Right. And it's just like uh, the they went to the University of Saban and they were very educated. Uh, even Pol Pot's brother was like, I didn't even expect him to do these type of things. We're from a middle class family. I have no idea what he's talking about. Us struggling,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: and it's very common um, among the uh, Marxists where you know they all they all come from like the upper middle class. And I I don't know. I always make the argument that it's a it's a sense of guilt that they're in the situation that they're in, and they see like the you know the proletariat. They they're looking at them. And they're like, oh well, you know, I feel guilty that I have money that I came from a you know a background. So. Um, they made things worse, and um, the thing that I hopefully that we get into is that when will they take responsibility? Yeah, for for their philosophy, and then they um, gave birth to postmodernism, and that mm-hmm. um, as you guys, what we're going to kind of, Rhea and I are going to break down is the um, how the philosophy is starting to it it leaked into our culture. I do I don't know the exact time. Um, maybe you do, um, but uh, we can see it. It's yeah. destroying art, it's destroying music, it's destroying um, Well, the, cla-
1: the, cla- the class point that you raised, Boone, is very interesting because you're right, of course, that when it comes to the academics and the intellectuals, you're talking about the upper middle class or in some cases, in some cases, even the upper class, you know, ivory, le- uh, ivory tower, Ivy League, really um, elite people. But they do seem to think that they're speaking for the working class. And there are a lot of working class people who think they want these things. You know, you see it on, you see it on Twitter right now, people saying, well, I I I don't know if either of you guys have heard this term accelerationism that communists Mm. are using today. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So basically the idea is, you might as well vote for Donald Trump because we want the system to explode. We want democracy to fail. We want capitalism to fail because then we can you know, build a communist utopia on the ashes. It's literally the argument. Um, and so you you do see people on Twitter saying, oh, Bernie Sanders wasn't the nominee. Therefore, I'm not going to vote for Biden. I might even vote for Trump because if we vote for Biden, things won't get as bad so their argument really does come down to, we need to cause more harm. We need to throw a wrench into the system, which if you'll think about it is also precisely what all right defenders of Donald Trump say. So the far left communists and the alt-right ends are more or less making the same argument, which is the status quo isn't working for us. The, the establishment is evil and corrupt. They're against the people. We need to throw a big wrench into the system and, I'm sorry, you know it's not politically correct to say, but Donald Trump is a perfect example of exactly what happens when populists get their way. You get Thank a totally you. incompetent <laughs> person yeah. who's unqualified yeah. for his job, mm-hmm. um and 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 fills his um administration with other people who are incompetent and unqualified for their jobs and then doesn't listen to the experts and everything goes to hell. Like there is something to be said for expertise. And you know, you exemplified it right there when you said you know, I'm not a scholar, like you acknowledge it. Donald Trump, could you could you imagine him saying something like that? What he would <laughs> say is, I know better, th- he does say that, I know better than the experts about everything. I know better than the generals about the military. I mean, it, 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 and, and the, the racism thing is not a coincidence either. I just, racism and sexism and homophobia go hand in hand with le- left-wing economics and mm-hmm. always have.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much, that's what I has been saying. And, 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 and I have been, I don't know about you two, but I have been shadow banned from Facebook. I've been removed from Facebook. I don't I, I don't even hold like controversial like opinions at all. I'm just like your typical nerdy political theory person who likes talking about theories, you know? I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a <clears throat> I'm not alt-right or anything like that. And so it's all I remember I remember somebody accused me the other day of being a fucking communist. I don't understand. I'm like, really man? <laughs> Did you not see the I've video that, that I I set, I set the communist flag on fire and that's when I got shadow ban. So yeah. that, yeah, so that, that was like my protest for the Bolsheviks and stuff like that. And then it kind of, I don't know what it is going, what's going on, but it's just that you cannot have typical conversation. Like if you are against Donald Trump, you're, t- you're automatically a fucking communist. If you are even say something's like slightly that you agree
1: with Trump, boom. You are mm.
2: alt-right, Richard Spencer, you Done. racist. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and and we, yeah, you're right, Boone. So we need to get away from from Trump, right? I mean, he's, I, I. I I think it was Sam Harris who said he defi- he defines a free a free society in part as a place where you don't have to constantly worry about the great leader, like where the great the great leader yeah. hasn't like set up residence in your head. You know that is that is that is uh, some big brother Orwellian stuff, right? That's not fun. Nobody wants to live with Donald Trump in their head all the time. Um, uh, Yang was kind of right that that Trump's a bit of a symptom, but the real cause of Trump is the fact that regular voters are losing their minds. And I know that one strategy for addressing that is to say, oh, we have to be sympathetic for them. We have to like give them all of the things that they want so that they'll stop throwing a temper tantrum. There's also something to be said for tough love too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I personally, I have lost um, compassion for a lot of people in this country who I used to have more of it for. Precisely because they elected Trump. And I I just thought, you know, like, if you're if you're going to put your own personal short term policy goals above the preservation of democracy, and the rule of law and the Constitution, then you're a piece of shit. And I really honestly don't care what happens to you. (laughs) <laughs> and that goes as that goes doubly for the Bernie Bolsheviks. So we're doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I and, and, and I understand. Like <laughs> Go ahead, Jenner.
0: So that's a Bernie Bolsheviks. That's a that's a new one. I hadn't heard that one, but did just just like I
1: believe I coined it, it actually. <laughs> I, I
0: like it, but intermittent ding. As the listener, do you guys understand now? Uh, this far in why i was like okay you you i I feel like an eight-year-old with barbie dolls and i'm just like i found the most adorable ken and the most adorable barbie and i'm like we're gonna go to the playhouse okay No kiss like just (laughs) like let's make this is magic
2: so the (laughs) the thing that i'm gonna admit uh, the thing i'm gonna admit um, um of course you know it's like i i last year so with the hong kong um i i it, like I said, it's with my personal experience with seeing what the, the Khmer Rouge did to my parents. Uh, they literally destroyed everything that they believe in, their culture. They took everything. So I'm not really a fan of of communism. And then last year with Hong Kong, it all started. And I, and I made a bet with my right-wing friends. And I said, you know, if he did something for Hong Kong, I was like, I'm going to fucking vote for him. Right? And so he did. He he pretty much call out Hong Kong. I mean, China with you know, the situation in Hong Kong. And I said, you know, fuck it. I'll just vote for Trump. Right. And then I thought about it and I was like, I'm a piece of shit. Am I? And I thought about some more. And some more. And I'm like, you know what? I lost faith in both political parties. And in 2016, I actually voted for Clinton. And it's because and the reason why I voted for Clinton is because of the fact that I was uneducated about politics during that period of time. And for somebody who's actually like, you know, been studying politics for quite some time, I made that mistake. I fucked up. But the the thing that I that I learned along the way is actually taking responsibility for my action and what I believe in and willing to challenge that. And I think with, with Trump supporters, it becomes like a fucking cult. And it's, this is both sides. And we're not bashing you guys, but but please just take responsibility. And I even admit that I'm a Clinton voter, and then all of a sudden I, I want to vote for Trump. And I'm like, and I thought to myself, wow, am I getting sucked into this bullshit?
1: Hmm. And I was
2: like, I am. And so, and then I kind of like stopped myself a little bit. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't even know who to vote for now.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> Well, let me let me let me step in here for a second, because what what I'm hearing you say is that you're on like kind of an intellectual political journey. You're feeling a little homeless. You're trying to figure out where you where you fit on the spectrum. Um, And I think that that is a very healthy thing to do. And the fact that you're kind of ping ponging and, and considering different options shows open mindedness. So I think that is to be encouraged you know like you said the last thing you want is to be part of a cult i saw somebody on twitter the other day say i'm going to vote for donald trump no matter what like no matter what he says no matter what he does like if (laughs) if they just made up their mind they're just no matter what and yeah yeah, so you're clearly not in that mindset um and and also frankly you know like I, i I I I am I'm, I'm never I'm a never Trump conservative so me yeah. I want the the Republican party to lose for its own good because mm-hmm. I I think you know I have to clarify I said a, a little bit ago that racism sexism and homophobia are uh, are left wing or and left wing economics go hand in hand I know some mm-hmm. people are going to freak out about that because it's pretty obvious that right now the more bigoted party um setting aside the social justice Hypocrisy, which I'm totally happy to talk about when we get into intersectionality and everything Um, Mm. But it's pretty obvious that generally speaking the Republican Party is is the more bigoted party right now But (laughs) here's the part what people are missing. The alt-right is not far-right. They're not Mm. even center-right. The alt-right is left-wing Donald Donald Trump um, basically here's what happened in the civil rights era um the democratic party started embracing um civil rights in a, in, in a liberal way, not in a social justice way, but just in a plain, treat everybody equally, regardless of their race and sex and that that sort of thing, right? And what happened was a lot of left-wing voters in the United States, by which I mean people who have left-wing economic views, people who, you know, want medicare people who, and when you're talking about republicans you're talking about people who say things like get your government hands off my medicare right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> not a right wing position right yeah. so these are these are people who are economically left wing and a lot of them are 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 um very poor mm-hmm. um but not all of them but they left the democratic party over civil rights During the Southern strategy. And so they became Republicans, but only because, you know, they, they oppose same sex marriage, or because they're made uncomfortable by equality with black people, or Mm. because they don't want abortion that sort of thing. It was a it was it's all about social wedge issues for them. And they were never properly right wing. They are not the Paul Ryans of the Republican party. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and all that Donald Trump had to do was come along and say, "Hey, instead of just pandering to you guys like these establishment politicians have been doing, using you for your votes, I'm going to hand the reins of the party off to you." And so that's what he's done. The Republican Party has become a theocratic economically left-wing party I I think national socialist is actually a fairly apt term for what he's doing mm. mm-hmm. Ooh, wow. and that's that's <laughs> the argument that I,
2: this is this is where Jenner and I well was it no it wasn't Jenner but um I have this is the same argument that I made like what you said and oh my goodness all the people just like went on me I'm, I felt like ah like the fucking corpse and the vultures were just like on me because all I want to do All I want to do is just understand politics, Mm -hmm. right? And like I said, I've always been fascinated with political theory. And so I said, you know, well, if you kind of think about it, you know, Trump is kind of like National Socialist in a little bit. Oh, you're calling him a fascist? I was at, I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying look at you know, look at the policies. You guys pretty much sound like like that, right? Um, and then I go, it, when you guys really think about it, you guys are just fighting each other, just like that meme where the Spider-Man points at each other. That's what the left and right ring right now, like the populace. They're just mm-hmm. pointing at each other. And um right now in American politics, it's just they want a common enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they make up an enemy. <laughs> so it's just like they're going against each other and and it's it's really confusing to people like us. We're like, Oh well, can we go back to policies and talk about how we can, you know, use our tools to mm. forward us. And, oh, you know, <laughs> and because it's just like, I feel like we're in like an in standpoint right now and we're not going anywhere. It's the same shit over and over again. Like I'm 32, I'm turning 32 in August. It's the same shit I heard when I was young. And I was like, Nothing changed. And I go, you guys are like fighting the same bullshit over and over again. I go, and this is where I cut, like I told Jenner many times in the podcast before, Yang brought a new game to it and trying mm-hmm. to like solve issues. You know, it's the same shit. Oh, minorities, the oppression. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I'm, and I don't know if you know this, but I'm brown and like it's always people of color, people of color are oppressed. And I'm like, what? I was like, I'm eating a steak right now. It's delicious, and I don't even know what impression are you talking about. Because when we came, when we came to the United States, my not not we, I was born here. Um, it's like the social justice word they are making this argument about oppression, but these people are in powerful positions. And their press, yeah. I don't understand. And this is where the postmodernism uh-huh. comes in intersectionality, and it's really fucking up our politics. okay and and it's like so backwards. Yeah, let's 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 uh, let's do that. Let's, let's talk. I I, let's I think shift mostly, there. Oh, I, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, let,
0: let's let's shift to that. But I I need to plant a flag before before we really kind of like slice open this large mammal and climb into the guts for warmth uh in this crazy <laughs> fucking wasteland we're about to uh, venture into like i re- i needed to i need to take a minute to because the the thing that we're trying to understand f- uh, on a political philosophy level on a on a political science kind of level a political theory you know the thing we're trying to explain is actually, I think, a deeply evolutionary human thing. I think that we might be looking under the wrong rocks. We kind of need Mm. to probably go to anthropology, like really deep human history to kind of understand this cult mentality, the personality cult mentality, where... Mm-hmm. Whereupon, you know, sometimes the lower monkeys just need a bigger monkey at the top to uh, fling poop at them enough to become subservient. Because I think that <laughs> really, <Yeah. laughs> I think there is something deeply evolutionary happening there. That you know, we have some kind of in our minds as a, as a human animal, we have some kind of thing that is subject to exploitation. If you will, yeah. it's a it's a it's a le- a part of your brain. It's the lemming brain that if you let enough of the right ideas, or really the bad ideas, if you let them in, it activates the lemming brain, and you just become a mindless follower, a worshipper at the at the <laughs> throne, so to speak. And this is another thing about the Yang Gang, uh, the rise of Yang's power. Pa- power as it were it wasn't his it was ours it was individual empowerment it was it was that thing it was like turning off that weird stupid lemming brain thing that's just like wants you to worship somebody as a personality and if like you were just in it for andrew yang you totally missed the point and this is like you can find this go back thousands of years. This is the theme of the fucking Bible. If like you're worshiping Jesus, you miss the fucking point <laughs> of what he was teaching. And this is kind of this is so it's deep. It's it's deep rooted. These are this is not a new problem. <laughs> we're using new language for right. it and we're having to use constantly evolve our language and make it more complex. We have to constantly we have to add a new handful of letters and symbols and emojis to the fucking alphabet soup every year so that everybody feels included. (laughs) We're having to change our language so much, but really the things that we're talking about are deep, deep, deep fucking human things that there are better ways to talk about. And it turns out that like a lot of this work has already been done (laughs) by the, the, the uh, fucking giants upon whose shoulders we stand. Like, this was, like, the the whole process of the fucking enlightenment. It's like, we already have answers for a lot of this shit, you guys. We just need to be better about our language. And like I've said before on the show, Rio, you are my fucking, like, language clarity wizard. You are the the weird uh, subroutine I installed on the hard drive of the back of my brain that gets me to, like, do the clarity of language things so oh man it's like i just had to get that out there before we get into the intersectional dog shit which is the subtitle (laughs) of the episode (laughs) uh because there's so much to get into there but like I just had to squeeze in just a little moment of like yeah I'm still here too I just like I was gonna definitely make this all about you guys <laughs> like please keep I me going
1: I mean uh, I appreciate yeah. <laughs> direction from the man whose show this is that's appropriate I, it's I, it's funny it's funny that uh that you like that about me because I think that might be the thing that drives my co the co-host of my podcast um which is a political show called moving forward podcast go find us on Apple and subscribe and give us a great review please thanks um but yeah i know that i think that actually drives cory crazy part of the reason the show works is because we're like exact opposites in so many ways you know he's more progressive i'm more conservative he's more populist i'm more elitist like i proudly call myself an elitist and that drives him crazy i i intend i call myself pro establishment which mm. makes all kinds of friends on the internet <laughs> as you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, I I take the time to like say wait a minute let's talk about like what we actually mean by these words right and over time oh, it, you know he, he resisted crazy. it but over time he started to realize like oh populist doesn't you know like I in my circles people use that to mean like popular right mm. but. That's not actually what you mean by the word, right? And so it was actually, it's, it, 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 sometimes it's literally impossible to have a conversation with somebody who comes from a different political tradition because you could be using the same words to mean totally different things and you're just talking cross purposes. So semantics does matter.
0: Even in the same fucking language, you guys, and like imagine how many languages are there <laughs> on earth? How many gods do we have on earth? 5,000 <laughs> or something. It's like this, this is the thing that is the breakdown of society. It is largely a lack of communication and it's a largely a word problem Mm -hmm. because we're not talking about the actual things. We're putting sticky note labels on everything and trying to ascribe everything about, you know trying to describe a universe's worth of fucking content to a fucking post-it note to describe everything oh this is what all these people believe this is what all those people believe and just on because we're we're going to get into into as a as a political philosophy because you guys are my political philosophy bros uh in this domain but just on on this note if uh listener You've heard me use the term intersectionality kind of derisively. I'm like, in okay, it's kind of it's kind of the Bernie Bro effect. It's like, well, like in spirit, once upon a time. <laughs> but the thing I'm actually talking about, and I found the perfect meme for this. I didn't actually. Excuse me, burpees, monster. It's great. Um, Jordan Fryer, our good friend Jordan Fryer down in New Zealand, uh, filmed this. <laughs> That is just perfectly describes, perfectly encapsulates in a tiny little Easter egg the exact shit that we're talking about. Um, so this is a post. It looks like it's a tweet. New term, Aerf, A E R F. So it's if if you're not woke, okay, and you and you haven't learned the new terms yet, this is a, this is an this stands for Animal Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Uh, you can't be a feminist if you're an, if you are not vegan. Airs are just as bad as turfs, you guys.
2: Oh my god! Erfs, and this is where- erfs
0: are just as bad as turfs. <laughs>
2: It, yeah, I get, I got, I got call um, called turf. I
1: have been called for
0: being a gay man. It's like <laughs> these words—it's just like the game these people are
1: playing—is such fucking bullshit. Like, well, Jenner, Jenner, if you're not sexually attracted to biological females who identify as men, then you are transphobic. <laughs> this is yeah. the absurdity of it, and you know what? It takes a couple people who are willing to just be like
0: the asshole in the room to go like, "No, guys, come on, that's fucking bullshit." Everybody else who's scared, like. You guys were right. It doesn't matter how unpopular, like controversial. We're fucking right. It's ridiculous.
2: I don't <laughs> appreciate, it. I don't appreciate it, Jenner for you mansplaining to a person that's a brown <laughs> color and that's a woman. I love this. I don't like it, Jenner. I don't like it, Jenner. That you don't want to sleep with me because of the fact that I'm a woman—that's that's a—it's that's it is
0: deep. <laughs> it's deeply misogynist. And it, that this was the funniest <laughs> thing early because, like, in our in our morning check, like you got up early, I got up early, we all got up early. <laughs> Uh, Ria, we had way technical difficulties, but Rio was like, no. hey, we're just like confirming like, hey, we're still on. I'm like, no, we can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> like we're we're empowering the patriarchy and <laughs>
1: like, no, we're not this allowed to talk down. about
0: this. We're not allowed about to down. make this That's podcast. <laughs> so
2: they're, they're, it's it's going to get really complicated. Um, uh, and then I, I hopefully you guys help me in the process. But um, <laughs> you guys want to get like into the, like the definition of postmodernism.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. The Rio's like the guy. If I were to try to find somebody to like put that in a pamphlet to stick to somebody's door to be like, here, bitch, like just it's 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 a a couple (laughs) paragraphs. Read it.
1: I want to check my male, pri- my white male privilege and let Boone <laughs> talk first though.
2: <laughs> so, so, so from my understanding and, and, um, to the audience and to anybody who's listening, um, I will not do it justice. Okay. Because postmodernism, it consists of so much philosophical principles. Um, I'm just going to go to like the top eight from my understanding of it. Um, I don't understand it, but I have educated myself, not enough, but just enough <laughs> for me to kind of get an idea. So. Postmodernism, remember, guys, it's not Marxism. Um, I have no idea why the Jordan Peterson bros always, you know, kind of conflate too. Okay, they, 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 it's it's not together. So postmodernism, um, it's it it started. It's like a movement in the 20th century. So if you guys know who Michel Foucault is, he's one of them. Uh, Jean-Jacques Derrida was one of them. Um, so the Frankfurt School, um, it's not the same as the postmodernists theorists. So let's get that out of the way. So the movement is it, it pretty much in, embodies some um, skepticism, uh, it subjectivism relativism. Um, so you kind of break that down skepticism, you know, is like a theory that knowledge is impossible. Um, it's, 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 a, it's healthy to be skeptic about things. But uh, in my personal opinion, the postmodernists took it to a schizophrenic level. They're skeptic about everything. Um, So subjectivism is like, you know, knowledge is subjective. There's no um, external or objective truth. And then the relativism is pretty much like moral. What is right? It's different. The idea of morality is different. So like my culture, it's right. But in the Western culture, it's wrong, you know, things like that. So it consists of all of that. And pretty much the postmodernists, they challenge all of that all of that. So that's, that's my understanding of it. So real, if, you know, if you kind of agree or disagree on. Yeah. The, no, I mean, yeah.
1: everything you said is basically right. Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean, what I'd like to do is to kind of go um, hop some rocks across the river. Uh, the first rock being postmodernism and the second rock being maybe critical theory um, mm-hmm. and then arrive at intersectionality. Because as you said, postmodernism is not, I'm certainly not the same thing as Marxism. There, there are definitely some um, people who conflate the terms, but they're not unrelated. And I think it might actually help us understand how the modern party coalitions are shifting and what they mean. And, and, um, Jenner, I appreciate that you brought in like the psychological aspect of it, because I think probably what's happening in a lot of cases is individuals who are responding to a person like Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump, or even Andrew Yang or Joe Biden, anybody, most of the time people are responding at kind of a uh, psychological level, um, and they don't necessarily know the like the history of the intellectual foundations of the Mm -hmm. movements of the ideas behind the movements of the person. It's just like, Oh, I like this Trump guy. He's the rich man who's going to save the proletariat from the other rich man. And that's kind of the narrative and that's about as deep as it goes. Right. Um, So talking, talking about the history of the ideas might help us to, I guess, see the bigger picture and see the pieces Mm -hmm. that, It won't tell us why it appeals to people psychologically, but it might tell us why it appeals to certain kinds of people psychologically. So if you're primed psychologically to like it, um, then depending on your, your experiences in life, you may be drawn to certain people. Without realizing it, because of the ideas behind their movements, even if you're not aware of it, does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. Like, oh, no, go ahead.
2: So, like, so, so, bring it back to the the outrage machine. Um, with our <laughs> last podcast, what we did with uh, Connor. Um, so postmodernism is pretty much a reaction. Um, against the um, I guess the intellectual principles, values, beliefs of the Enlightenment. Yes. Liberalism. That's what it is. So, uh, liberalism was dominant. Um, it, it, it won. And just like, you know, the previous podcast that we talked about, Jenner, it won. It dominated the whole thing with the French Revolution and stuff like that. It was a justification for, you know, liberty. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So postmodernism came and it's a reaction to that. So, yes. the, the, yeah. So that's yeah. why it's so popular, because liberalism became more like a. Old school type of thing, so it's a like new thing. So you see it, you know, just like bringing back to the Khmer Rouge and the the, the Cultural Revolution. So Pol Pot and Mao Zedong did the same thing; they did the Cultural Revolution, and with the new out with the old, and that's what postmodernism is doing to Western society.
1: That's what's yeah, going on and right that's now. that's that's why the. um comparisons with other ideologies that were also reactionary against liberalism and the Enlightenment comes Mm -hmm. into play. So it's not that they're identical, but, you know, um, socialism and communism and fascism and postmodernism all um, were reactions against modernism, against the Enlightenment, and against classic liberalism. Um, Now, this is another area where semantics gets confusing because most people in the United States have been trained to think of the word liberal as essentially a synonym for the Democratic Party yeah um, and not only that but like for the left which is exactly opposite liberals are capitalists in fact um there isn't a single um I mean there isn't a single political party um in the uh, in a liberal democracy today. That is as far right economically as classic liberals were, mm-hmm. because they were they were truly laissez-faire capitalists, um, and and the ideas for that came directly from the fact that they wanted to empower individuals and they saw the right to own private capital, as opposed to the state controlling private capital or a feudal lord controlling private capital. The the, the ability of regular people to save money and invest and become part of the upper class through the empowering ability to own private capital was a key element of classic liberalism, which did inform the French Revolution and the American Revolution, as you said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay. So, yeah. So, so postmodernism is, is, I guess the term actually started in the visual arts. Um, and it was just, you know, a, a, a movement that, that came after impressionism. They were saying, okay, well, we've got modernism. Now we've got postmodernism because it came after it but then, um when it when it when it moved into the philosophical realm, people started using it to refer not just to something that came after ma- modernism, but th- something that was, as you said, a, re- a a reaction to modernism. So modernists believed in science. They believed in science's ability to help us understand objective reality. Um they believed in the enlightenment values of individual liberty and small government, um, decentralized power, um, rationality, um, more, even more broadly speaking than science was a a, a way of understanding the objective world. Um, then postmodernists reacted to all of that and the way that the way that they react to it varies. It's a really a kind of a broad range of ideologies that fall under postmodernism. Um, but in one way or another, they were reacting to it through skepticism of the very possibility of having anything like an objective truth. So there Mm -hmm. are postmodernists who still believe in science, but they think of it more as like a practical enterprise. It doesn't really tell us anything about how the world works, but it does help like make our cars run and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a kind of a pragmatic element to some forms of postmodernist thought, which is a little bit more reasonable than the more extreme kinds. Um, Mm -hmm. But even there, they fully reject the idea that science could ever help us understand anything <laughs> objective about reality. Yeah. It's just a tool, uh, you which know, is it's, not which is not something that all philosophers of science would be enthusiastic about.
2: Yeah, so so pretty much the postmodernists, they they, so like some philosophers will make the argument, like the Enlightenment during that period of time, um, they argue that you know objective natural reality, right, a reality like you know. Like a properties, the reality and its properties independent of the human being, right? So postmodernists will kind of reject that. They're like, no, I'll, I'll dismiss that. They believe the idea that it's man-made, like conceptual con- construct. That's the thing that I heard. Like everything that you're making, uh, it's a construct. Um, uh, Like scientific developments are just words and jargon. Mm-hmm. You made it up. So the things that you're the things that you're saying, like, like all three of us generally, you believe the things that you believe because you're taught the way you're taught from your society to say those things. Right. So that's pretty much their argument. So it, it's a word game it's, if you yeah, read as opposed it's to so just be like I,
0: I'm one of the monkeys that has a brain that I don't need somebody to tell me how I'm c- clearly capable of forming my own thoughts. Like I don't yeah. I didn't read yeah, this in a book. I'm capable of forming <laughs> words out of my mouth hole that didn't come from somewhere else. Uh, but is, yeah. the, the tie back to just like this, this kind of like the general theme to me of postmodernism kind of feels like the Luddites. It kind of feels uh, quasi Amish to where there's like that <laughs> there's, there, there, there's, uh, you on, on some level, like clearly, if you dig deep enough, if you in, in go into the grain silo or whatever you might find some skeletons in there (laughs) it's a weird metaphor to say but like on some level the skepticism of progress and 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 things just like that that there's an understandable part to it there there's an origin part of in in terms of motives there's a part of the origin story that does kind of make sense (laughs) uh but there is a part where it goes like Okay, way too far, like the 5G people who are freaking out about 5G now, and they're like, oh, it's causing the virus. Everybody grab the tinfoil. Inject yourself with fish tank cleaner or whatever the fuck they're doing now uh which is insane it's kind of like the same thing it's the distrust it's the death of expertise thing the distrust of the establishment uh the distrust of the consensus of uh the elite <laughs> you know what i mean yeah there's and a skepticism me, in it that's yeah. like okay no skepticism is good i think we just need to stop calling that skepticism because that's irrational it's like <laughs> so, skepticism so going back, is rational
2: yeah So going back, Rio said it beautifully. So basically, the postmodernists, they they, scientists and historians, like their statements, anything that the scientists and the historians say, it could be objectively true or false. So there is no such thing as truth. So just like Rio said, it's mm, okay, what they're saying, it could be true or it could be not true. Basically, it's like they're in that position. Sorry, my son's here. So go ahead. It's
1: beautiful. Yeah, um, right. Okay. So now we've we've hopped to the first rock of postmodernism, which is a really big umbrella category. It's basically um, a whole range of ideologies that in one way or another are reacting against modernism, um, which included the Enlightenment and classic liberalism. Um, and I guess there is kind of a Luddite element of it to that. I, I, what I would call it is it's like absolute, yeah, yeah, no, it's absolute skepticism, right? It's not the kind of skepticism that modernists were modernists also believed in skepticism. Right. But their skepticism was, okay, you have a hypothesis. Let's test it and see if it's true. Right. That's what most of us mean by skeptical, right? Oh, okay. Well, I'm not just going to take your word for it. Let's find out if what you're saying is true or not. That kind of skepticism is healthy. Um, postmodernism is, is, is a deeper, more absolute kind of skepticism that it's, 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 it's a, it's, a, it's a rejection of the idea that it's ever possible for anybody to have true knowledge. Yeah. It's defining knowledge in a culturally contingent way. And that's that like being oh, brought yeah. up and that, 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 that cultural contingency thing. Um, is leaping us right over to the next rock about critical theory, which definitely does have more explicitly Marxist roots. Yeah. Um, and critical theory is not identical with postmodernism, but it is a um, it falls under the the postmodernist umbrella, I would say. So, do you want to talk about that for a little bit, Boone?
2: Ye, the critical theory i don't even have that uh, oh do? you I know oh, okay well
1: <laughs> I, you 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 know you know about it cuz you brought up the frankfurt school so so
2: the frankfurt school is like the, the the critical theory is so the top 3 that you that a lot of people some people might know is 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 herbert Marcuse, Ordano, and like Horkemeyer, right that's the, okay so the frankfurt school is um they're Marxists. so they saw historical like what is it that um that word were was it um the it's
1: all about power struggles.
2: no it's it's more like you know okay dialectical materialism okay yeah. that's the, the, okay so karl marx he rejected the hegelian dialect right so they they were against hegel and so then they saw historical di- um, dialectical materialism failing so the frankfurt school came up and tried to save marxism and so they added kind of more like a psychological thing to it the like freud yeah. Pretty much that's what it is. So then they fled, you know, when the Nazis took over. So then marcus came to United States and he came to California, where I'm at. I don't know where you're at, Rio, but I, I'm
1: in so, California.
2: Yeah. So, so they, he came <laughs> to coastal California.
0: elites. I'm out here in the <laughs> desert like a good American.
2: <laughs> so, um, I am in central. I don't know where you're at. I think you're up north, right, Rio? I,
1: yeah. I'm in the Redwoods right now.
2: Okay. So, Adorable. um, so, so Marcuse came to the good old USA, right? And he, a lot of people, you know, there was a good documentary on Marcuse and he is an interesting guy. If I can say that um, a person that I can actually understand what they're writing is Marcuse. So Marcuse started the whole thing with the universities and he understood that the only way to kind of st- pretty much poison the well is to start at the universities. Okay, so then you got critical theory mm-hmm. that comes out. And so, um Critical theory. I don't even know where to start with that.
1: Oh my I mean, god! I'm happy to take over if you'd rather. <laughs> not.
2: I mean, it is. It really
1: is the. It's like the the rock that's missing between postmodernism and. Yeah. Intersectionality. So.
2: Yeah. So. So, if we can break down critical theory, what are like the top principles? Because, it's so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's just it's it's. Uh. Remember when we said postmodernism? In one way or another, people are being critical of of modernism and critical of the ability to have uh, grand narratives um, is another way of putting it. So they're not just critical of truth. They're critical of grand narratives. So they're critical of the enlightenment, which told a story about human progress that they found that in their, in their way of looking at it is just parochial. Like what's progress to you isn't necessarily progress to me, et cetera. Right. So what, with critical theory, what they did was um, they looked at, any, you could let, you take any any um, topic it could be a small topic like a single book or it could be a big topic like uh, the, the uh, philosophy of science and you deconstruct that and you you look for um, all of the hidden biases in it that make that 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 um, would undermine faith and and that narrative or idea or claim to knowledge um and so the way that works in practice is through what people now call intersectionality. And this is a word that has made it into like colloquial parlance and regular people use it. Um, and it it it's, it's, it's the thing that, um, the social justice um, Marxist left and the alt-right national socialists have in common is Mm -hmm. whether they're aware of it or not, their worldview is colored by this concept of intersectionality. um, So so with a a critical theorist is what they would do is they would look at it and say, okay, but how does this idea intersect with other things? So, for example, science, science is um, supposed to be objective and it's supposed to be based on empirical research and so forth. But look, lots and lots and lots of scientists are men. And most of the people who came up with the ideas of the scientific method were men. Um, And many of them were white. Right. So so that that means that their ideas are automatically suspect because, you know, truth is contingent. It's, it's kind of a dogma of, of postmodernism. The truth is contingent upon your cultural experience and things like your, your sex and your race and so forth. So w- when I when I say, moving to, moving to contemporary times, when I say that the alt-right and the social justice left have this in common, what they have in common is that they see everything through an intersectional lens. And intersectional, it needs to be um, separated from interdisciplinary because they're similar words that mean wildly different things. Interdisciplinary, in my opinion, is a very good thing. To be an interdisciplinary person means you're just, you know, you have an expert in the hard sciences, an expert in the soft sciences, working together to try to solve a problem because they can come at it from two different perspectives and use different tools and compare notes. That's a good thing, right? Um, well, no, you can't, intersection use, na- you
0: can't use words like hard and soft because that is density phobic, <laughs> sir. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Some sciences, all, it's, all it's, sciences are equal. It, this, this totally right, goes right, to right, like right. The, the the equivalence of uh, of ideas, like in, in terms of empirical knowledge. Like people criticize Im- empirical knowledge as if that's like a bad thing. Like, oh, empires did Perfence. that, and it's like, well, the periodic table <laughs> is a beautiful example. It's not a social construct. Like, in a sense, it was it was built by the collective knowledge of fucking humanity built that that table of boxes and numbers and and symbols that represents what we understand the universe is made out of but like that's objective reality there's there is two plus two is a lot more true than two plus two equals n you know what i mean you can (laughs) jesus it's so
1: Right. So really quickly, just to wrap that up, so that that's an interdisciplinary, which is a a useful thing. It's just taking more than one discipline, applying them together and comparing notes to try to answer a complicated problem that one discipline by itself might not be able to address. Yes, that's something (laughs) that is a good thing. Intersectionality is where you very specifically you're talking about the way it intersects with neo Marxist conception of power structures. So you're talking about this is where things like um, uh, science is patriarchal comes in right because you if you're going to be intersectional then you have to talk about the way that your the history of the ideas and the people who are you know, who are um, the most influential within a given movement you have to talk about their their race and their sex um, their class all of these things have to have to factor into it and, and um, so on, of course on the social justice left it's very easy to see where that comes from right They're, you know, if you're white or male, you're supposed to check your privilege if you're heterosexual you have to check your privilege privilege checking is just a an application of marxism onto cultural capital it's about redistributing cultural capital in the same way that they would want to redistribute actual capital it's about mm-hmm. you know seizing seizing cultural capital if you will <laughs> um on, on now on the right they they share uh, the, i'm sorry the alt-right not the proper right and the alt-right they, they share that Marxist worldview. They still see, they, they also see everything through the lens of race and sex and so forth. It's just that they take the other side in that intersectional war. They take mm. the side of the groups of people that, that they see are as under attack from the social justice left. So they take the side of white, cis, straight men, but make no mistake, they're still just as intersectional and neo-Marxist in their worldview. Whereas if you contrast both of those things with the classic liberal values of the Enlightenment, what the liberal classic liberal not in the modern sense of the word but in yeah. the traditional sense of the word what what a classic liberal says is it doesn't matter like your race doesn't matter your sex doesn't matter not that your experience is completely irrelevant but like you if your if your conception of truth is contingent upon the color of your skin then you don't have a real conception of truth you're just you just have a subjective perspective um, mm-hmm. and and so in terms of the political arena liberals are people who just want to treat everybody equally under the law whereas people who are intersectional want to privilege certain demographics um in the case of the social justice they want to privilege the ones they see as marginalized or underrepresented and on the alt right they want to they want to maintain um, privilege for, you know, white men and so forth and liberals are, I don't know if the center in the middle is the right way of putting it. I would say that like, they're above it. They're above the scrum, <laughs> they're the space, like, the social justice left and the alt right are like, basically it's left wing and infri- inviting from my perspective. because Remember I said liberals are also very right wing. And so liberals are just going to say like, no, it's a free market of ideas. Um, we are going to evaluate your ideas based on the quality of your ideas and the evidence for them. And your skin color is not going to come into a, 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 um, it's not a a factor for us. And in fact, if we were to evaluate, evaluate your ideas based on your skin color, that would be racist.
0: Exactly. We're the space mirror. We're above all of it. You know what I mean? It's just like we, 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 it is kind of an overview type effect that you have to get after you expose yourself to enough of what's actually fucking going on because everybody likes to shut down and put themselves in a little mind quarantine in a little bubble. I only have to care about what's like right here. And you know, like right here when you expand, uh, far enough, you do kind of get that overview effect. And it is, if, if we're looking for a direction on the political spectrum, it is a new axis. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is, it is up, uh, which ties into the, my, my whole, uh, how am I going to continue Andrew Yang's campaign without him On in my own humble way? I think. I'm like, it's not left, it's right, it's not right, it's not just forward, it's fucking up. Because this is a trajectory thing. It's like, you have to realize that, like, both extremes are wrong. And it's because, by their very nature, they're fucking extremes. Like, no extremes. It's like... You can't package anything into a into a one sentence answer that totally explains the whole thing because humans are extremely complicated, language is extremely complicated, ideas are the most complicated thing that we know of in the universe. We can describe the shit that matter is made out of way better than we can like actually nail down what the fuck we're actually talking about here. So this is a very humbling kind of uh, exercise here but um you know like that i i have to tie this back to the there is there is an a, there is a space here for evolutionary psychology as a as an area of focus or or whatever as the thing that i think is gonna move us f- it's gonna move the needle the most in terms of like how we shift political discourse i think we can actually learn a ton just by pointing that out to people Do the, doing the humanity first thing being like no you're an individual a you're not you're not just another lemming in the thing running towards a cliff you're an individual you know stand upright because you know your monkey ancestors walked on their fucking knuckles and it it took You know, the first one to stand upright, but you get above the brush. You can see the fucking predators, you know, come down from the trees. You can gather the nuts. You can build tools like that. There is a a level of personal and individual. And that's why we all feel like shit all the time. That's why depression rates and fucking anxiety and suicides are through the fucking roof because everybody feels like they're just a fucking cog in some a big, ugly machine that produces fucking bullshit for other people and takes it. It's like. You guys, you don't like remember who you are. Uh, ultimately, that's the that is the mind wave mission right there. Remember who you are and what you are, and the power of what is happening inside of your fucking head because it's it's bigger, it's bigger than you think it is. This
1: is yeah, like, and uh, generally, uh, I think I think the tie into evolution, um, evolutionary psychology is the tribalism. Yes. right? it's very easy to see how intersectionality, how that way of thinking, would result in tribalism. And the the alt-right is being super tribal. The social justice left is being super tribal. Um, And I'm sorry to say, but the reason I call myself, you know, pro-establishment and and elitist and so forth is because I am fed up with the tribalism of the populist social justice left and the populist national socialist alt-right. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're both extreme and they're, they're taking different sides in the intersectional leftist infighting. Um, but w- it used to be that, you know, like when Bill Clinton, um, was in, on top of the democratic party or even Obama, frankly, or Romney in the, in the GOP or McCain, all of these people, what they had, one of the many things they had in common was that they, they did still have some grounding in the enlightenment and in classically liberal values. And, What's happening right now is that there's a, an attempted hostile takeover by the alt-right national, national socialist um, Trumpkins of the GOP, which they've more or less succeeded at. And there's an attempted hostile takeover by the Marxist um, social justice, neo-Marxist, etc. Um, Bernie Sanders um, left in the Democratic Party. And in that war, it's you don't have to believe that the establishment is perfect or that the status quo is perfect. You can still see room for improvement and also still recognize that temporarily, at least, we, those of us who are sane um, on the center left and center right need to come together and stand up for the preservation of the, the things that made our society possible, that made the progress we've made so far possible. Yeah. Because if we lose those things, nothing else matters and i'd like to hear from boone I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna pass it back
0: to boone but i have one one Uh-oh. final flag i i have to get it out there or else it will never get out there and it, it's on tribalism because you invoke tribalism which um rio since you're a fellow sam harris <laughs> bro um strikes me kind of the same way like a word like sport or religion would because mm-hmm. tribes evolved for a reason they served an important purpose of fostering collaboration in groups of people tribes can be they're not inherently good or bad some tribes are worse than others uh, and more violent more dangerous and i think the evolutionary framing there cannot be understated like uh, tribalism is is the thing that we're talking about that's kind of amplifying the worst of the worst ideas into ever condensing uh, things that are uh, eventually going to go supernova if we're not very careful and kind (laughs) of control that uh, nuclear reaction because it it is scary, a lot of these ideas um, that are out there. It's largely because they don't go unchallenged. It's largely because everybody's afraid to even... Say a fraction of the words that we've put together in this conversation, but it, it this feels deeply, deeply evolutionary to me, and I, I right. couldn't help. Yeah, but yeah no, but, like but point pa- that pa- out. part
1: of the Enlightenment experiment was to try to elevate society above petty tribalism, yeah. which again, it but doesn't well, mean tribalism so good. To- <laughs> Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not necessarily that it's always bad. Um, like I think it would make sense for example, for the president of a country to, you know, ultimately put the needs of his own citizens above, above others when push comes to shove. But the problem with Trump isn't that he puts America first. It's that he sucks at putting America first because he has a a, a, a zero sum neo-Marxist worldview that prevents him from recognizing that there is a benefit to mutually beneficial exchange with other societies. Okay. So I'd like to hear from Boone. (laughs)
2: oh i'm, I'm all listening to you guys like it's really interesting but uh but to me like i, I from from my experience you know that like, I, I never really heard about you know like term terminologies like mansplaining or anything like that like i have been told that i have betrayed feminism right is because the fact that well, you don't support feminism it, then you are a fucking turf or some shit like that i don't know yes. i've been called so many names i don't I even mean, know um, but like I, you know, stated like in in the beginning of the the podcast, is that you know I hold liberal values and philosophically. So like you know I believe in reason and logic. So we progress when we start to like let the ideas kind of like like I told Jenner, you know, breed right, let them have sex with each other mm-hmm. and see what you let, let's see the baby, you know, what comes out. And so all of a sudden, my ideas became alright for some odd reason because. I have been told that reason and logic is is oppressive. I don't know why. Uh, if you guys can explain that to me, that'd be great it's because I really patriarchal don't and, and, and,
0: and, and white, <laughs> white.
1: Because, because, yeah, it was, because it was because it was a bunch iron. of men. Yeah, yeah, because it was a bunch <laughs> of men who who were behind the Enlightenment, which isn't even yeah. true by the way. There were also you know, yeah. philosophers, but yeah. whatever. Hello.
2: Like, like you know, they, they think about like you know, there are women in philosophy, but then that's you're, you're I live my life as a person who's an individual. I really don't give a fuck if you're like white and I don't care if you're brown. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you come into the argument with an Adam's apple and you're wearing a dress. What's your idea? Give me your ideas. Let, let me hear your argument. Let me, let me add you to the, the discussion. And just like, you know, I started, I'm going to start the, um, a thing called the Agora podcast. So I'm going to have these radicals come on and let them kind of go at it and let the ideas get challenged. Because, you know, some people are like, you know, I, I'm a national socialist. Okay, let's let's put somebody on the opposite of you and let your, your ideas be challenged. And I'm going to admit that it scares the shit out of me. Girl, it, scares it scares the shit out, the out, of, shit me at the- out <laughs>
0: of me. <for> you. <laughs> well, me. It, scares <sighs> the,
2: it scares the shit out of me because I'm going to get challenged myself as a moderator. I'm mm. going to be a person who's going to hold these two together. Um, I'm gonna hear where people are gonna make the argument that women are weaker than men. I'm gonna hear all that, and but the reason why that I'm doing this is because I want to grow. I want my ideas to grow, and that's the point of the enlightenment. It's for experimentation of ideas. It's for people to, from all backgrounds and stuff to come together and and go at it with their ideas. Where what I strongly believe, what is the philosophy and what what benefits it's going to do to society and postmodernism is not really doing anything. All is it, it, it bred intersectionality to it. And and Kimley Crenshaw, who's the one who made, you know, intersectionality becomes like a religion. You are not pure enough. If you're white, you're not pure enough. You are the reason where, wh- why our society is the way they are is because of you and you can't do nothing about it. And it's a game. It's like, it's, it's it's like a, uh, it become its own religious institution basically so if somebody was listening to this podcast and they're like oh well boone's brown how come those men are overtaking the conversation are they mansplaining like i have never heard that terminology when i was in college and i was in college in like 2007 2008 i have never heard that i have never heard of you know it's like these like i said the victim hierarchy you know the the wider you are the bottom you are at the bottom of the barrel right and that it's, it's not gonna it's 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 to me, maybe it's just like a conspiracy theory in my end, but to me, well, what's Western culture? Well, it relates to the European, right? And so what they're doing is to trying to destroy that and just like, you know, the game of, you know, it's like building blocks and they're just like removing it. The postmodernists are just removing it one by one, but they're not replacing any idea. They're taking an the idea, they're challenging the idea. The healthy way is to have a conversation and then replace that idea. Change it or do something or remove it. That's healthy. But Postmodernism or intersectionality and stuff they they remove it and they're not replacing yeah. it they're just removing it one by one and it's gonna it's gonna fucking fall and I see this mm. and like real just like your your essay that you wrote that um Jenner sent to me we're moving back for some odd reason um so a lot of people there like you know I I don't agree with Dr Martin Luther King anymore because he he was a socialist okay <laughs> it's like I don't agree with feminism anymore I I, I don't like Every time I hear people say, well, I don't like feminism. The original idea was a good idea of women's rights. Um, but then people are starting to, you know, because they 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 feed themselves these like Steven Crowder and stuff like that because they're anti-feminism. That's like saying anti-liberalism in a way. You know, like I get called tart." I don't know about you guys. Like, okay. You know, when I talk about like liberal values and, and it's just like these terminologies, just like you guys were saying earlier about this language is starting to kind of like change and mutate in a way and so to me i think we're going a little bit too right and a little bit too left just like you know real like you said and it scares the fuck out of me i don't know about you guys but i'm seeing this and it's just getting destroyed slowly slowly and our <laughs> culture is just like falling <laughs> you, you, yeah you guys realize the
0: thing we are the thing coming to save it right you realize uh, that's us Which, like, we are the cavalry. There is no other cavalry. It's us. You guys realize that, right? No pressure. I'm just saying. (laughs) One
1: one, one good thing we have going for us is all we have to do is stand up to the populist radicals who are trying to tear down the system. Yeah. And that means that at least temporarily, we have to ally ourselves with all the conservative people in both parties with the, the, but we you know the part, part of the problem is we have all these ideologies, right? Okay. So like when you, or I'm sorry, you have these terms that o- overlap with different ideologies and different people have different meanings of them. Right. And so probably the person who's calling you a libtard probably thinks because you're talking about liberal values that you believe in, you know, social justice and so forth, even though social justice is actually as illiberal an idea as any other right um Mm -hmm. so they, they they don't they simply don't know what they're talking about all they know is that you're not in my team you're not in my tribe um and that's where the the psychological element comes in. But, you know, I mean there is a kind of conservatism to Trump's movement sort of. It, it's just it's just that as you know, liberalism was at the roots of like the foundation of our country, of our republic, right? Our constitution mm-hmm. is grounded in the liberal ideal that you don't want mob rule direct democracy. You want to elect representatives who are going to represent you, and you want to have you know these decentralized states, so the power isn't going, isn't in you know one set of hands, which is something that Trump very much dislikes. You have the Bill of Rights that protects individuals, so that even if 80% of the population decides that they want to put all the Jews in an oven, you can't do that because that violates the Bill of Rights. Now, all of these institutions are only ideas. There's nothing really you know standing up for those ideas other than people. And when people lose sight of that and start taking these things for granted and put short term gains, whether, you know, what whether what you're trying to do is stop trading with China and build a wall with Mexico, or if you're trying to get universal basic health care, whatever it is you're trying to do, whatever war you have with the status quo, if you put those short term victories over the preservation of the liberal institutions that have made the progress we've made so far possible, you mm-hmm. are part of the problem. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. It's broad, broad coalitions and broad coalitions are made up of empowered individuals. It takes, it takes everybody. Um,
1: Yeah, it's okay to disagree with people on your side sometimes. Like not everybody. That does not mean I can't talk to
0: you (laughs) exactly.
1: Intersectionality is basically to say, if you don't agree with me about every other unrelated or maybe slightly tangentially related subject, then you're not a real feminist, right? It's if you don't no have exactly true Scotsman fallacy on the which... rights that I have, you're an heir, right? <laughs> like the end result is you have to completely sign under the dogma of neo-marxism or you're not a real ex that's that's yes. that's all intersectionality is
0: you're not a real feminist unless you're also a vegan and also accept every sexual partner that anybody presents before you if they happen to be biologically female or identify as female or whatever. It's taking it too far. No, I, I, and I was going to avoid gender people, politics. I was, yeah. was really going to try, <laughs> but this is such
1: a perfect- Well, let's keep it with economics. Yes. I mean, I've had people tell me <sighs> that you can't be a real feminist unless you are socialist, because after all, most women are a part of the proletariat class. Like literally, that's the, it's, it's just, it's like, okay, fine, but not all women are socialists, including mm-hmm. many proletariat women, right? And so <laughs> like, it breaks down very quickly. It's like, wait a minute, What? No, you have to completely agree with the the neo-Marxist religion 100 percent or or you're or, or you're 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 to be canceled. That's that's all there is. to Yes. It. And the, the, the actual outcome of that is fascism will win because the because pe because because there's nobody le- there's no coalition of people left to stand up to them. So what I would propose is we need to have center left, social Democrats, social liberals, what you would call, you know, like uh, the, the normal sane part of the left wing of the Democratic Party. And center-right people, which includes the Democratic establishment and the Republican establishment, we need to come together and create a coalition of sane people who don't all agree about every detail. But what we do agree about is that we need to preserve democracy and the rule of law and the Constitution at all costs. And then get the rest of these radicals the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs> and it, it's it's really difficult because they're, they're like they're they're parasites, and you're just like yeah. And every time like I make the argument that the original, you know. Thomas Jefferson, for example, he was influenced by liberal values, and all these fucking right wingers just like laugh at me. And I'm like, oh, am I the only one that read the? They're not right wing. They're just ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm I'm just, I'm just listening to this people, and and they go, you know, um, I said, you know, they were the original. They they were influenced by John Locke. Who's John Locke? He was the daddy of liberalism. I go, don't you guys fucking read? I go. I don't understand. Like the whole constitution was based on the idea of liberal values. What is liberal values? One of it is liber- liberty, and it's just really constant back and forth. And I'm like, and it, it, it's like, I, 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 will always never have friends. I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's because I'm just curious. I'm just a curious being, and and, and like I said, um, liberalism gives me that leverage to to experiment with that.
1: As Yeah, well. yeah. Well, Boone, and as you said, like the fact that classic liberalism, not to be confused with the way it's used today, mm-hmm. not as a synonym of the Democratic Party, because when they hear you when you say that, they hear you saying that Thomas Jefferson was like a 21st century Democrat, which of course is absurd, <laughs> right? Like that's not at all what you're saying. But that that's they their 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 understanding of the subject is so superficial that they they went right over their head. No, like classic liberalism is is baked into the foundation of our country, which means to be an actual conservative is to stand up for classic liberalism. And if you go talk to an actual intellectual conservative like David Frum, for example, he will say Steve Bannon is an illiberal populist, anti-democratic, un- anti-conservative, far-left, national socialist scumbag. Right. Mm-hmm. And like a real conservative means standing up for classically liberal values like democracy and the rule of law and the Bill of Rights and all of that stuff. Um, what what Trump is and what his movement is, is it's it's um, I guess you could call it traditional conservatism, which is what conservatism was before the American Revolution. Right, mm-hmm. so like, can we use a that, better that, like archaic,
0: yeah, conservative. Like, it, it feels more like, like retardation. It doesn't feel like conservative. <laughs> it really does. Feel no, like so,
2: backwards. so yeah. like pale. So the term that paleo. I've <laughs> I've learned paleo like That's it. the Nick Fuentes, the Nick Fuentes group. Okay, <laughs> of people and um. I don't know if you know this real but we did a an uh, episode on Mindwave what is it like the human part of it and so I had we had Mario Strada oh. Mario Strada and I we and talk uh, about the uh, cl- pay <laughs> we talk about the paleo conservative and those motherfuckers okay I shouldn't cuss that much but those motherfuckers went after us way. and mm-hmm. try to cancel Huggers. us yeah they try to ca- the the the, the grope. Gropers, I, I guess, Groupers, even just saying great, their name, great,
0: great, yeah. Will, I don't. I don't know who these people are, so don't come after me, bros. I don't know who you are. I don't know anything <laughs> about you. I don't I, care.
2: So they're not really <laughs> a fan of feminism. They're 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 the ones who believe women should stay in their well, place. Well, all real feminism,
0: okay. Yeah. And let me say this shit. All real feminism is is like women are human beings. That's real feminism, yeah. And that's just about as far as it goes. Like saying like <laughs> you like uh, I can't be a feminist because I'm a man like I I stood up for women all the time. It's, it, it's just like in uh, in the culture, you know, like it's it always felt shitty to watch like another man like put a woman woman or a girl down you know like in high school it's just like being slimy is really like why through high school most of my friends were girls because it was just like oh fuck those guys let me be, a, Jenner, you, let me a be a bitch in their face but <laughs> fuck you bro like it's gross so like i'm a classic og feminist but that doesn't mean like oh if you say no no, Jenner. If you say you're a feminist, that means <laughs> X, Y, and Z. No, you're not a real feminist unless you stick your penis inside of a vagina a lot of time, like a lot of times. And it's <laughs> just like what? <laughs> what do you specify? What? 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 It's uh, all right. So we,
1: I, I, feel like I, I, I have to get going, but like I feel like we're coming yeah, we're, up we're, on are on our wrap, we're wrapping up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's my big takeaway here is that we need we, we need to get people who are rediscovering the values of democracy and the rule of law and the Constitution together. And like, I don't care. Right. Like, so I do not support single payer health care, but I will happily ally with somebody who does so that we can preserve democracy, because if we lose democracy, then nobody gets what they want, except for, you know, King Donald. Uh,
2: <laughs> and 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 with me i have always make the argument that there needs to be like a new enlightenment somebody needs to fucking start it i mean right. the, the iw you know, started it's a little it's bit
0: that the thing you the thing you seek is already gospel of thomas jesus said it Fuck, it's, the the thing you have been waiting for has already come you guys we, you, <laughs> you, real verde, you, Boone, me, Jennifer Zeno, everybody else in the mind wave universe, everybody else who's doing this, everybody in the far-out wisdom podcast universe, everybody in the moving forward universe, we are the white blood cells. Of our culture. You shouldn't say white. That's except the, oh, leukocytes. Okay, we are the healthy leukocytes <laughs> of our society's fucking immune system. And we have some cancers, you guys. And we need to use the best science and technology. We need to chemotherapy the fuck out of this. We'll zap it with radiation. <laughs> we got science. We got the best minds on this shit. We, you, me, all of us. We are the healthy white blood cells. Sorry, leukocytes. <laughs> and we need to go kill the fucking cancer. That's what this show is, That it, it, at least the outrage machine uh, the anyway. Good,
1: the good news is the cancer already lost in the Democratic primary. Um, <laughs> Joe Biden was not my first choice. He wasn't even oh, my second or third or choice. But no. when it came down to him versus Sanders, Obviously. I was like, Obviously. literally anybody else. Um, and that's how I feel like I will be voting for Joe Biden. I live in California, so it's not going to make much of a difference. But especially people who live in like Florida, for fuck's sake, put aside like I get it. Biden is old. He's Over not it. as focused as would like him to be. There's been like one accusation of rape, you know, contrasted with like what? two dozen in the case of trump like okay let's say let's say that biden is a rapist okay we know trump is right so even in that case like where oh fuck we have to choose because of our electoral winner takes all electoral college system between somebody who might have raped one person and somebody who definitely raped two dozen people um and who is also incompetent and a wannabe fascist dictator then you know what like i'm sorry you gotta vote for the you gotta vote for the lesser evil in fucking Florida, it's you sorry. guys, it's it's <laughs> it's
0: the, between Neil deGrasse Tyson and OJ Simpson.
1: <laughs> <and Ben. laughs>
2: no, man, it's, it's so it's so fucking complicated oh, with politics bad. and
1: stuff.
2: This is the argument that I have been making that everybody should yeah. li- really really try to get themselves into political philosophy because it helps a lot. And it makes you kind of rethink your position many times over yeah. so don't,
0: don't even don't even get into like a it's just like experiment with your own mind you know what I mean take your mind outside of its little box and take it for a walk every once in a while don't frame it, it doesn't have to be framed in political philosophy and th- this is where i come into this whole thing because like y'alls are very book smart i'm just very brain curious <laughs> i guess <laughs> And I think no, it's it, more okay. So that, you know, it's it's a So place. like I
2: like I, like with 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 you know postmodernism with intersectionality, you have to remember that they dominate the human, the the humanics or the, the, the that department of philosophy. Oh, right. So in order to combat that, of course, with the, the alt right and the left, the social justice left, you have to be kind of read their their work. And, and try to kind of destroy that. And in me, in my personal opinion, the contemporary uh, intellectual thinker that's doing that is James Lindsay. He's doing that. He has his own website where he has the terminology listed and for you to kind of understand it. Um, to me, in my personal opinion, what's the point of philosophy if the layman don't really understand it? And what's the point of it if it's just going to destroy our society? Philosophy to me is for to to help us in the process of our, our 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 intellectual development as a society and for the greater good now the postmodernists will argue well define good there is no such thing as good there is no such thing as truth and that's where it becomes complicated because if you don't have a solid ground of nothing solid ground you can't operate on nothingness you can't do that it it just doesn't work that way and and of course everything will fall apart and as you see um You see that symptom today and you get Trump, you get, you know, you get the gulags and stuff because Mm -hmm. it's just that's that's what happens over and over again with every, you know, Marxist society, what they're trying to bring up. And it falls apart. Um, And and like I said, not even a capitalist system is not perfect, but it works. And like you said, Rio, the lesser two evil, that's what we're trying to, to figure out. It's like a experimentation of ideas. And that's what we're doing. And 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 we're just turning it. And so uh postmodernism is is, I can make the argument that it doesn't help, but at the same time, you know, I get where they're Mm. coming from. And that's the point. If you don't empathize with their position, then it's gonna be they're gonna operate it on anger. And
1: that's it's you get you get the rouge, the the Khmer Rouge. You you get you get evolution. that's, that's, That's why we Sorry. yeah i know but like that's that's why we have you know the fbi like seriously if somebody yeah. on twitter tells me like oh i want to start a real revolution and like you know the gulags and the guillotines and all that just report them to the fbi like and i i will 100 percent be cheering for the militarized police force running them over with tanks if that's what it comes <laughs>
2: <to>. <laughs> no it's more like uh like with with antifa like at the moment um andy no so um Andy, no, know, um, I have been trying to get him onto my podcast because his people, my people kind of fought, you know, back in the Vietnamese war. So his his family fled um, communist Vietnam the same time that my family that fled, fled Cambodia. So we have that connection between us. And so he gets a lot of threats. And so but they're not doing anything about it. And. It really saddens me because he's gay. He's a person of color. And so the argument that they're making on the social justice left that you care about people of color and stuff like that. But at the same time, you think Andy knows a threat. What is it that he's saying that's you know, that you disagree with? I mean, he's just reporting on Ant- Antifa. Um, and um, I get threats myself. I mean, majority of the threats that I get are from the Brady Bros. And this, sure. the, the Cortez side of that, um, I don't know why. I just, maybe because I'm very, you know, like I said, I, I, I disagree with communism. And, and like I said before, I don't hate communists because hate has, it doesn't solve anything. And I'm not going to do it. My dad did it. I'm not going to do it. And I have made it a kind of uh, individual journey or a goal not to practice that, you know. So I don't want to end up like my dad doing something that I regret. And he lived a life of regret. And so I don't hate anybody, but I just really want to understand why. Why uh, is the right being held accountable, like for the Proud Boys or something, you know? But Antifa gets away with stuff with threatening people online on Twitter, especially. Well, so I
1: mean, I mean, oh boy, Antifa is a whole. <laughs> I mean, okay. So first things first, I am, I am an anti-fascist, right? And by yep. the way, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you are not an anti-fascist. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's all there is to it. But like, I mean, I'm. Like if I, I, I honestly think it's a bunch of like men who just want an excuse to go out and cause stir up a bunch of trouble in the streets. The, the way that Antifa talks, who got bored. You, yeah, the the way that Antifa yeah. talks about um about fascism, you would think that their definition of a fascist is anybody who believes in the rule of law. It, it, that's that's exactly backwards, right? Like, so I'm a fascist because I just said it's that retarded. if people started rioting and killing people and robbing things and breaking things that I would be in favor of quashing that, right? No, that makes me in favor of the rule of law and protecting the civil liberties of people who are being violated by a bunch of criminals, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a fascist yeah. is somebody who actually is hostile to the rule of law. Someone like Donald Trump who says, I am above the law and it doesn't apply to me because I'm king, Right? But like, all right, you know, and, and democracy, by the way, I'm going to pretend that I'm in favor of democracy. I'm going to use Putin's playbook, but in reality, I'm going to cheat every which way I possibly can. And if we have a free and fair election and I lose, I'm going to claim the other side cheated and try to um, incite a civil war. That is about as fascist as you can get. You know, I'm not like, you don't have to be Hitler and have Jews in ovens to be a fascist. All you have to do is be hostile to democracy and the rule of law and think you're above the law. So, I am in favor of the rule of law and that makes me anti fascist.
0: Oh my god. You guys. You guys. <laughs>
2: um,
0: more like uh, more like
2: we, we, we agree with the social construct, it's, it's, not social construct. No more like what's that word?
0: Order uh, I keep forgetting it's the, or, I damn, it's no, the order. Of no, the no, it's more like <laughs>
2: It's more like you know, like Thomas Hobbes when he talks about the social con the social contract between yeah. us and the government, and that's what me and Rio and pretty gen- pretty much Jenner we agree with. We believe somebody who will bring in order, and so we made that agreement by paying our taxes and stuff like that, being you know um, productive citizens to society, and that's pretty much the contract that we have with the government. Now I don't believe in big government, okay, you know. So, but I don't, you know, I'm not. The, of course, everybody who's against the fact, like, we should get
1: into fascism, but that's going to be like another topic. Uh, that's this is going to have to go so many sessions,
0: whole- you guys, you know that, no, right?
1: Like, I mean, that's also the case that the alt-right and Donald Trump are 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 100% pro-big authoritarian government. They're totally. pissing all over state rights, yes. right? Donald I want to drug test people to get food stamps. Are you
0: fucking protecting. kidding me?
1: But like he literally, This man literally on television said, as president, I have absolute authority. <laughs> I, I can do whatever I want. I can overrule the governor of every state. Like that's about as hostile to small government as you can get. I, I Let's be really clear. The Republican Party today is 180 about face from what it was when I was a kid. And, and mm. people who haven't woken up to that fact and think they're standing up for the same values by defending this traitor are just rude.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's just like that this is where i'm just looking at the american politics and sometimes i just like want to um i don't want to burn everything to the ground i'm not i'm not the fucking bernie bros but i'm just yeah the point where i'm just exhausted intellectually asteroid. like it's just
1: <laughs> yeah no it's you just, don't like, it's really want to burn so, it down you want to save it you and uh, get the fuck every, out hashtag yeah, get the fuck is,
0: off my planet uh mindwave bros
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just no no we can't <laughs> be like a fuck bro off my
0: <laughs> god
1: <laughs> who the hell was uh, that
0: there's me in the background. That's that was it's, one it's of true.
2: my rants. Yeah, so it's, it's so it's so so complicated, and everything is just like I, I cannot have a discourse. you know. I would love everybody from different sides, and this is pretty much where the Agora podcast is trying to do, and um, I'm trying my best to kind of open that, and, and everybody has been doing that, like you, Rio, doing with Corey. So you're talking to someone who's the like opposite of you, and it's just practice, you know, and just keep doing it over and over again and bring back the original purpose of liberalism. Yeah. Um, and Boone, so. I'd
1: love to have you on the moving forward podcast to talk. We do have guests on periodically. It's not just me and Corey spouting our mouths off um, because I, I think it would be great. It's very timely right oh, now, God, considering yes. there are a lot of people calling for a literal communist revolution right now. I would love to have <laughs> you come on and set them straight and say, like, dude, we went down that path. Trust me. You don't want to go there.
2: Yeah. And so I would love to. And it's just like it's so um, I hope that they listen to me. Um, I hope but nobody is not I shouldn't say that listen to me or else that sounds like a fucking fascist but basically what I'm trying to do is educate people on what the process have has done to you know, I personally saw it. Um, They took everything from my father. They took everything from my mom. They took everything from the Cambodian people. I mean, it's still affecting us till this day. And that's the point that I'm trying to make. And I always get accused of being fucking conservative, Republican, all over the place. And that's not the point that I'm trying to make. I'm a a history junkie. I love history. I love teaching people about history. Um, I can go on for days about stuff like that. But it's just like, come on, guys. Do you guys know what happened to my people? Not my people, but the Cambodian people? Come on, man. Our people. Let's, let's, our let's our people.
0: They're fucking humans. Yeah. They're fucking humans. They don't know. They don't know, Boone. And, and this is something that America, like, what percentage of Americans do you think even know what the Cambodian genocide is? Or like that that was the thing that happened? Or you know what, what maybe, Cambodia you know, is you know, a real what, 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 country? You, know, like, yeah. so, you, know, you like, know what
2: makes me mad, though? like you know what makes me angry, really angry okay so last year there was um uh, Elizabeth Hang she, uh, hang and i grew up together uh, we were both into politics um i'm more of left leaning to her when it comes to like economics and things like that um she's more right leaning so last year Elizabeth Hang put an ad against AOC and she she used this is what pisses me off she used the cambodian genocide to put forth her political game and that pissed me off. It really did because it's it's to me it's like a disrespect basically to the Cambodian genocide. And so when i hear somebody talks about the jewish the holocaust and stuff like that they use it for political gain just like bernie sanders, oh, i'm jewish. Oh, the Jew, and you know dude that's come on, let's this us use the genocide and kind of like pull that away from politics because it's it's both of us. You know, we're 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 in this together. Um, so she used that for political gain, and she got a lot of backlash for it. But but at the same time, I was the one who came in, and Hang and I got death threats wow. because of that. Yeah, and so I didn't even do anything. I, all I said was, you know, um, she got death threat for attacking AOC. Um, I got death threats at the fact that I said, you know, that, you know, the, you guys are basically becoming the Rouge. You guys don't see it yet. I go, but you guys are just... Becoming that person so every time I bring it up The Marxists always Block me or they you know Just like Jenner and I got into like an online argument With I guess he was Antifa and I Said you guys are just becoming you guys Are the useful idiots that the Communists are saying and I got I don't Know why you guys don't see it I go I go look Look I'm not telling you to be right Wing I'm not telling you to be left wing I'm not Telling you to do anything but I'm telling you That you know communism they Take everything away from you do You understand
1: that they destroy you. And everybody gets you. par. Everybody gets par. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In general, you're so right. Most of the, most people probably don't. No, they know don't. That, they like, don't. It's <laughs> real. Most a people in this like, country don't know their fucking Jenner, times tables, bro. Yes. Fuck. Dude, you, <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers <laughs> you don't there, know there, world there, history. <laughs> <laughs> there was a poll of uh, people asking them if they supported bombing Agrabah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the number of people with well, who apparently never even Googled Augurbah, right? The fictional like kingdom from Aladdin. Up. <laughs> yeah, they would have gotten Aladdin, right? But even then, they'd probably be like, "Oh, well, it probably just takes place in Agrabah," you know, right? So the number of people uh, Americans who were for bombing Agrabah was like forty percent staggering.
0: staggering.
1: <laughs> like, the number of Americans vaguely, it's who think Middle Eastern let's bomb that place.
0: The number it's of Americans who literally think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows is. <laughs> fucking staggering and you know what it is guys
1: this is why populism is stupid yes because the (laughs) average person is a goddamn idiot all right which is why (laughs) people need to like you should want to have experts in charge please for the love of god do they do everything perfectly no No. exactly do they do it better than non-experts
0: fuck yes they do okay and there's like stop expecting everybody at like neil deGrasse tyson is is a is a perfect one here as a science communicator because he's one of the he's the most famous science communicator in the world right now, as far as I can see. And this guy gets shit on for the stupidest stuff. (laughs) You know, this is like the stupid is just like him being a regular human thing. And it's just like, you guys like part of this. it, It really is the thing. I think the best phrase to encompass the thing that we're talking about is the war of ideas. And it is evolutionary. It is Darwinian in fucking nature. So, um, Boone, in 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 kind of finding, finding the path, the windy, windy path down the mountain to uh, the valley below here, you had invoked kind of like steel manning. Like, no, actually try to understand what they are saying so that when you present their argument back to them in a way that shows them how fucking ridiculous it is, they should be able to agree with what you're saying. Because they're like, yeah, that's an accurate representation. Oh wait, no, that's actually kind of a fucked yeah. up thing. No, I mean, they don't think strategy. about that. They don't see that. They don't get the mirror. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I've got to, I've got to wrap up, guys. But, uh, yeah, st- you, up. right. That's one. That's one strategy. Um, you can try to change the minds of those people, but also be realistic of the fact: the fact you're not going to be able to change all their minds. I think the thing that's missing right now is not enough people know which way is up both parties are undergoing a big shift and it's difficult to know what to do in a political environment where it's not clear who is on your side. So I just want to make it really explicit being on your side doesn't mean they agree with you about everything. It doesn't mean they agree with you about every policy issue. I understand if you like single payer healthcare and you think a public option is a sellout. I get it. I get why you don't like Biden, but the truth of the matter is if what we're saying right now rings true to you. If you agree that preserving democracy and the rule of law and the constitution is more important than petty disagreements about policy here mm. and there, right? Or personality, then, for that matter. Or doesn't even have to be petty. I mean, like, you could believe that it's really, really, really important, but it's nothing is going to happen. None, none of the stuff you want is going to happen if we lose our democracy, okay? So this is, this is not small stuff. So like, the, the people who are on your side right now are... Anybody who is in favor of democracy and the rule of law in the constitution. And that that includes Joe Biden. And like it or not, in our current system, you only have two choices. So I'm just trying to help people find their way up. You know, there are are good people in the Republican Party too. This is not about partisanship. You know, Mitt Romney is a good guy. He would he would also be like, if I could snap my fingers and make Mitt Romney president instead of Donald Trump, I would. That's not the way our system works. So which way is up? Who's on your side? I'm sorry to say the populace aren't and the establishment is let's save democracy. And then once this populace fever passes, then we can go back to trying to make progress with policy. But there's, there's nothing, there's nothing to be done about it while we're at war with each other and nobody knows which way is. up. Yes. This is
0: really, let's, we will, we will go ahead and close it out. I'm going to drop my final little cosmic nugget of wisdom. And then if you guys have any plugs or whatever,
1: Oh, I'd like to give them last word. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to give I, my, yeah, my it, final my...
0: nugget and then we'll. we'll can I, can I give my nugget? I'm just going to squeeze out my little nugget and then we'll go. <laughs> but
2: th- to end this, to anybody who's listening and I'm going to send this to my own little Cambodian community. You don't need to be a fucking Marxist to be a good person. Okay. I understand you think being a Marxist is the philosophy of being the good, but that's not the point. And it just, that's. It's not going to help you. Um, and I'm not going to force you into any. You know, I'm like I said, I'm not going to force you into any philosophy or anything like that. But, but majority of the time that I hear of the Marxists and the argument that they make is that it's a philosophy of the good. But history is uh, not on your side on that end. So,
0: yeah, I love it. Well, you guys, <laughs> the the uh, one of the underlying things here my in my in my role in this whole thing is trying to really dig at the roots like let's get down under there 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 might be a fucking ancient tomb we didn't know it was there but that's like you know what i mean it's it's digging underground so many of the darkest points in human history were only possible because the ideas were not challenged or they weren't challenged loud enough where the mob won, okay, History is chock full of endless examples of these people who were martyred and burned at the stake and, and nailed to the cross for for challenging the ideas. this is there is a level of personal empowerment in in at least my mission here at Mindwave. And the challenge is to just be fucking louder. That's all you have to do. Because you know what? On this shit, there is a right answer. (laughs) There there are higher and lower peaks on the moral landscape. Hashtag some free plug. It's fine. There are better and worse fucking answers. This is the war of ideas. It really fucking is. And it is a war. And you know what wins? Just being louder. That's all. That's it. You just have to be louder than the asshole. And you guys, these assholes are super dumb. Most of them. I think we can do. Yeah, I, loud. I, I, and they're very, very loud, but that's a very small group of very, very stupid assholes. We can, we can kick this shit right up the cooter. Uh, but really, this is, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get, Back into my zone here and center it out because this ties into kind of one of the core philosophical things that I'm getting at. It's the duat, it's the heart, it's the feather, it's on every last one of you as a citizen of Egypt. You know, everyone can be the Magi. <laughs> you know, when you go to the desert lands and you see someone in need, everyone can be the fucking Magi. You all have a fucking sword, you all have a bow. You all have fire arrows that can strike to the heart of the enemy. Just be louder than those fucking idiots because you know what, guys? We're right. Is it is it is it uncomfortable or not PC to say some of this shit? Absolutely. But you know what? We're fucking right. And we can stand by it, you know, and history. (laughs) The duot will judge us, you know, the heart against the feather. History will fucking judge us one way or another. I'm pretty sure we're on the right fucking side. So, uh that is the outrage machine mission statement which uh has been taking a beautiful turn. Like oh god, just growth. Growth, man. There's, we planted a, a field a while ago um to start this conversation about talking about the thing that's trying to rip society apart at the seams and like what the tools are that we can stick in our various tool belts to try and uh, help each other and heal the lands, as it were, uh, of the scourge that is the fucking ugly-ass darkness that's trying to tear it apart. Um, that just, That's the mission, man. And, oh my god, uh, you guys, Rio Verdener, Boonham, two of my favorite people, which I was just like... This needs to happen, and I'm so glad that it did happen because that was goddamn magical. So thank you both so much for coming back into the mind wave universe and hanging out here and helping me continue this mission because it feels humble. Certainly, it's very small, but it feels so fucking important. This really is like being the last midge of Egypt saving the fucking peasants from the King Ptolemy who's going to fucking burn their fields and rape their women. It's just kind of like, it feels like that to me. This is an existential calling for me to add my sword to this as quickly as possible. And you two people, humans on earth have some of the coolest weapons that i've ever come across and other people in this weird rpg we find ourselves in so thank you fucking so much for coming and playing with me hanging out in my sandbox and being my friends i love you guys so fucking much i'll let you get, i'll let you close it out with your uh, individual goodbyes give your plugs and all that but know that both of you are featured on my website mindwave.media so if you're looking to find either of them you can do that very easily on my website mindwave.media but give your plugs thank you for joining that was me that was jenner this was the outrage machine boom and real god damn i fucking love you guys like for for real i (laughs) would probably have a threesome with you guys like in the real life like (laughs) naked sex i'm just saying
1: (laughs) wow thank you you made you made Jen, you made Jenner
0: buy. Babe. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've never had a fish taco, but let's get up.
2: In it. He's gonna have some fucking god his, man fry the fr-
0: <laughs> <laughs> God, laughter is the best way to add them in the outrage machine. Oh man, I just had like the like brunchiest fucking soccer mom oh, laugh I've ever had. <laughs> oh
2: so as the it from from my podcast as always guys stay far out and rio your your goodbye
1: oh yeah um same here but please go check out moving forward podcast we're on um, apple and most other podcast apps uh and uh yeah see shoot us the okay. line um uh, by the way uh Jenner i i thank you for your invitation to be my comrade in arms and uh <laughs> Boone as well let's let's uh but you know we're 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 standing up for the preservation of liberal democracy which is the right side to take in this war All
2: righty guys we're going to save humanity bye <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You have a really good taste in podcasts, clearly. So you probably also have a good taste in friends and know somebody who would enjoy the show as much as you do. So share the love. It's what we're all about. Special thanks to the friends of the show who make it possible, Rob J. Wilson, Corey Wilcox, Phil Ord, Travis Meyer, Heather Cook, Julia May, Boone Hem, Lena Miller, and Jerrine Elkins. Join the Mindwave universe at mindwave.media to be a part of the Mindwave journey with us. Also, make sure to check out the other content creators in the Mindwave sandbox and please help us support their work us a follow on twitter at mindwave podcast if you think i'm cute you can follow me at mindwave jenner and if you think i'm annoying wait until you see my twitter at mindwave josh thanks again for listening guys we'll talk to you next time The Mindwave Podcast is produced by Studio Stargazer.